Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greetings, Embers, and welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I would like to thank the reformed members of the channel. Luz Crispin, Tammy Slayton, CAG, Interscare Wifey, Denise S. Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Norman D.W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Knees. If you would like to become a member of the channel or would like to buy me a coffee as a special thank you, that link can be found down below. If you are new to the channel or haven't done so already, please don't forget to subscribe like, share, and comment. Not only does this help the channel out, but it also reminds you of every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes, for once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Ouija Board Stories Part 2. Right after this intro, an ad will play. I'll read the first story an ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. Disclaimer, some of these stories contain material not suitable for all. There will be foul language used in other situations that may make some feel uncomfortable. If this is you, this is not the video for you. Everyone else, listing discretion is highly advised. I got my board after months of harmless paranormal activity in my house. When I contacted something, the planchette started doing figure eights across the board, which is a huge no-no. That means something demonic was present. I didn't touch it for months. When I tried again, I asked where the spirit was in my room. My vision went spotty. I saw a vivid image of my head jerking back and the words, with you were whispered into my ear by something I couldn't see. Right after that incident, I immediately sold the board. This happened to my best friend when she was a teenager. She and a few of her friends took the board to an old church one night. For reference, Two of the parties had dated and then broken up. I don't remember their names, so I'll call them CJ and JP. My friend sat down with CJ and another girl with the board. Everyone else just sat around and watched. Before long, they made contact with something and started asking it questions. My friend asked it, Who here do you love the most? The eye turned and pointed to CJ. She then asked who it hated the most. The eye pointed to JP, CJ's ex. JP got pissed off and started to walk away. He had to pass them to leave, and as he did, the eye pulled away from their hands and the board turned on its own, so that the eye was always pointing to JP. The board wasn't a cheap cardboard one. It was an old, heavy wooden one and would have required very visible effort to move smoothly. For curiosity's sake, they had him walk in a circle around the board, and it turned in a complete circle several times, always following him with no one touching it. 
They pack their shit, nope the fuck out of there, and never use the board again. My friend had mentioned that she had one, so I asked her to pull the board out so I could check it out. At first she said no, but then agreed to do it as long as she didn't have to participate. After she had the board set up, I asked, Is there anyone in here? Nothing. So, being a dumb teenager, I said, If anything is in here and not talking, you're a coward. The board was put away after that. Fast forward about a week later, I wake up on a stereotypical stormy night. Thunder and lightning, wind and rain, you know, the works. I look around to see why I woke up and couldn't see a thing and decided to try and fall back asleep. After laying there for about 30 seconds, I hear from downstairs, Get the boy! In a very raspy, wispy voice. I open my eyes and listen. Nothing. Start to go back to sleep. Get the boy! It was much louder this time. Then my downstairs door slammed shut. I freaked the fuck out because nobody slept down there. We had no drafts. Nothing really happened after that. I had learned my lesson. My dad bought an old house when I was in high school. So of course I had to try a Ouija board. My friend and I played in a room upstairs, and the rotary phone started to click, like the receiver was being tampered with. Weeks later, I was home alone watching TV downstairs when I heard the phone clicking upstairs again. We had another phone in the living room with a red light that would come on if the line was being used, and every time it clicked upstairs, the light came on beside me. Later that night, as I tried to sleep, I felt hands on my shoulders start to rock me back and forth. I assumed I was dreaming, but then I heard humming. It was terrifying. We moved out of that house, but I still have nightmares to this day. Perfect story. 100% true. About 15 years ago, my sister had some friends over one night. They were in the basement and watching some scary movie. They had a Ouija board. They started cussing at it and calling it shit and fucking fake. It stopped responding, so they began watching the movie again. All of a sudden, all the lights and electricity go out. They start screaming. Then the TV comes back on, all static, and is blaring noise. They were yelling and crying. Then the TV shuts off and comes back on to just a black screen. The words, This is not a game anymore. Roll across the screen in all white. After the screen shuts off and they are in complete darkness, they ran out of the house. Afterwards, they go back to the house and our dog hid, and when they found it, all it did was bark and look very angry at them. Talk about insane. I have no evidence, and I do not care if you don't believe me. I've used a board with results and let something into my home and have been physically assaulted by this entity. It started out with that feeling like you're being watched and doors closing and footsteps on the hardwood when you were home alone and progressed slowly into being kept awake by something shaking the bed or pulling off your covers, something even whispering your name. The board would disappear for days on end and show up in places you never would have put it. I became obsessed with this board. Then there was a black mass in the corner of the room, or the silhouette of a man watching you from the doorway. 
After that, it escalated pretty quickly. I had my hair pulled, fingers pricked, scratched, choked, held down in bed while this thing whispered in my ear in what could have only been Latin. We had our house blessed and the bad things haven't shown back up. Just the normal occurrences now. But I will never again play with one of those damn Ouija boards. A bunch of us gather at a party one time, and of course someone took out the board to play. Well, most of us knew how the board worked. You know that whole be respectful, no cell phones, say goodbye, etc. Well, it turns out to be that the main person who actually bought the board didn't know, so she forgot to say goodbye to the board at the end of the session. After that, when the house was almost empty we started to hear knocking and a baby crying from the basement door. We were all scared, but managed to get the courage to go towards the door. When we got there, nothing and no one was there. It creeped me out, and she learned to say goodbye. I thought I'd share my one and only time messing around with a Ouija board. I've already written a story and thought now would be a good time to tell it. So, light some candles, lock the door, and call out to the dead. Halloween is fun until the scares are real. I learned that in college. This is something I and my old friends rarely talk about. Not because we worry it might sound crazy to people, and it does, No, we don't like bringing it up because of how deeply it affected all of us. Maybe it was the night, Halloween, the place, my friend's apartment next to an old cemetery, our intentions, five dopes looking to talk with the dead, that took us down a dark path. It was most likely all three. Yeah, it had to be. My friend Jean, all names changed to protect the quasi-innocent, rented a top-floor apartment right across the street from a cemetery in New Rochelle, New York. We were in college and had started our own fraternity because we hated the dumb, crap frats made pledges do. With us, if we liked you, you were in. No humiliation. I digress. Four of us went with Gene to his apartment on Halloween night with the express purpose to have a seance. There wasn't anyone in particular we wanted to reach beyond the veil. Any disembodied spirit would do. Oddly enough, we were all stone cold sober. That alone should have told us something was off. We had a couple of problems. None of us were mediums and we didn't have a Ouija board. It was too late to run to the toy store and buy one. That problem was easily solved. We drew up letters and numbers on paper, cut them into squares, and lined them up on the floor in a circle. For a planchette, we used a cut-up plastic coffee lid. There, Ouija boards made easy. It wasn't the best-looking spirit board, but it would do. The five of us sat around the carefully placed scraps of paper, each putting a finger on the makeshift planchette. We asked it questions. The wind actually howled outside the window. All we were missing was lightning and a black cat. At first, nothing happened. But then, the planchette started to move. It was the oddest sensation. My finger was barely on it. Sure, one of them could have been moving it, but I got a strange rush that went through my body. Something was talking to us answering our questions, and it was not happy. The more freaked out we became, the angrier it got. As much as we wanted to stop, we just couldn't. When we spoke about it later, we all agreed we were feeling the same unearthly vibe. We learned the name of the spirit was Fran Turner. Fran wasn't thrilled that we were disturbing her, 
We were no longer thrilled that we had called something into our little unprotected circle. I later learned that homemade spirit boards are a big no-no. It's like opening a portal without knowing how to close it properly. Finally, we couldn't take it any longer. We moved our fingers at the same time, hearts racing. We were happy to leave Fran alone. But it didn't stop there. Even in the dark, we could see Richie's eyes had rolled up into the back of his head. He began talking in a strange voice, saying he was Fran Turner. Now, Richie was the most innocent, unassuming guy I'd ever met. Still is. He's not a prankster. For several minutes, this Fran Turner talked to us through Richie. All it meant, I nearly shat myself. We were so flipped out about this whole situation. We shook Richie hard and scattered the pieces of the Ouija board all over the room. That seemed to break the spell. Richie stopped talking, head rolling onto his chest when he opened his eyes again. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. It took a while to settle him down. We left the apartment an hour later, filling an invisible set of eyes at our backs. We promised to never, ever screw with a Ouija board again. It took a few slugs of Jägermeister to get me to sleep later. We couldn't let it go. The next day, we were all still shaken. Our usually boisterous meetup in the school cafeteria was markedly subdued. While I was in media class, a couple of guys went to the boneyard. I'm pretty sure you can guess what they found. Fran Turner's grave was right there. The old headstone nestled in the middle of the cemetery. At one point that week, each of us went to the grave, mouths hanging open, minds blown, knees feeling as if they'd been turned to Smucker's jelly. It's over 25 years later, and we're still confounded by what happened that night. Some guys refused to even talk about it. Did we actually pluck the shade of Fran Turner from the ether? Was it our focused, collective unconscious that created the spirit's action on the board in Richie's bizarre spell? I don't know or hold out hope to ever get to the bottom of it. All I know is that it happened, and there are five grown men who would pay good money to have the whole night erased from our memories. If you take anything from this, please don't fuck with Ouija boards next to a cemetery on Halloween night. Trick or treat instead. You can thank me later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Before you tell me that Ouija boards are dangerous and will invite demonic spirits into my house... I'll admit now as an adult that I stay clear of them, but I got my first Ouija board when I was a child. Parker Brothers distributed these boards and they were on the shelves with Monopoly and Life. How bad could they be? The temptation I could not resist. I couldn't resist having one as a child in the 1970s. It was fascinating. How did they work? What spirits could we talk to? Would we become possessed like Linda Blair in The Exorcist? 
That movie, which is still the scariest of all time in my opinion, came out in 1973, so I know I got my Ouija board after The Exorcist debuted. There is no way I had a Ouija board when I was five. I'm also certain I didn't see The Exorcist when I was five. What kind of parents would take their kids to see that? Instead, Dad took me to see The Food of the Gods, The Mark of the Devil, and They Came From Within at the drive-in. I loved scary movies. My first Ouija board came in a rectangular box. It said, Ouija Mystifying Oracle William Fold Talking Board Set on the cover. Fold, according to Wikipedia, is best known for his marketing and manufacture of Ouija boards from the 1890s to the 1920s. Fold is seen as the father of the Ouija board. The cover featured an image below the text of a man's and woman's hand on the planchette. The woman's fingers were adorned in rings and she wore a turquoise bracelet on her wrist. Inside was the board with the letters of the alphabet in the center. A sun in the top left corner said yes and a moon in the top right corner said no. At the bottom of the board were numbers 0 through 10 and the words goodbye were below that. Under the board was the white plastic planchette and had a clear plastic circle with a small gold needle in the middle, sort of like an eye. This is the part that would stop on the letter on the board when spelling words. Why did we still get one after the exorcist? One night, when I spent the night with my cousins, my mom gave me a stern warning not to watch the exorcist on TV. Of course, that's exactly what we did that night. It must have been shown on this new thing my parents subscribed to and called HBO. We got this little brown box to sit on top of our TV. We had to push a button to activate it to watch movies. I should have listened to my mom. I had nightmares for weeks and was afraid to close my eyes in the shower when I washed my hair. I just knew that when I opened my eyes, Linda Blair's bloated green demonic face would be in front of mine. Ugh. We weren't afraid in religious households, so our mothers didn't care if we owned a Ouija board. I'm certain they bought them for us. We didn't have any money as 10-year-olds. Our mothers were more on the side of the occult than Christianity. When Grandma and my aunts came over for tea, I often heard them talking about the spirits who came to visit them. I think my mom fancied herself as some kind of modern-day witch, and she and Grandma often went to psychics and tea leaf readers. I went to Chicago with them once for my own tea leaf reading. After I drank my tea, a large black woman inspected the leaves in the bottom of the cup. She then sat in front of me with her eyes rolling back in her head. She was in some kind of trance and wouldn't speak for a minute or two. Normally, she'd come to and tell me something about my future. She said I was close to my grandparents and that I wouldn't marry until after college. She said I'd date a guy named Steve from the East. Riveting stuff. To be fair though, I did end up dating a guy in college named Steve from the eastern part of the state where I live. Ouija boards were common in the 70s. I'm sure our household wasn't in the minority. Tons of homes had a Ouija board. It was common in the 1970s. According to an article by Michelle Debzak on Mental Floss in 1967, the year after Parker Brothers bought Ouija, the game outsold Monopoly. Of course it did. It was way more exciting than Monopoly. Here was a chance to predict one's future or to speak with a departed loved one. My cousins and I spent the night at each other's homes frequently. We'd break out the Ouija board to ask vital questions such as, does Danny like me? Will Paul and I get married? Who will be at the skating rink this weekend? Do you know my favorite color? I played the Ouija board with my younger brother and my best friend Terry. She was skeptical, thinking I was moving the planchette. She asked the board her favorite color, which I knew was baby blue, but she kept thinking of orange. The board spelled orange. It was all innocent enough until it wasn't. 
It was fascinating and frightening. In high school, I broke out my Ouija board to play it with my younger stepsister one day. We lit some candles and put them next to the board. This was in the afternoon. There was nothing to be afraid of, was there? We asked the board to give us a sign and suddenly a gust of wind put the candles out. We ran outside screaming to our parents. Another night, my stepsister and I sat at the dining room table with the Ouija board. Apparently, we were speaking to my deceased great-grandpa. It was fascinating and the most extraordinary thing that ever happened on a Ouija board in my experience. He made comments about others in the house as if he could see and hear what was going on. My stepmom sat in the living room and he spelled, Bless you. After she sneezed. He told us he was in heaven and he was getting his wings. We asked if he was going to become an angel. He said no. He was learning to fly an airplane. He said he had a pet dog. He used the same lingo he spoke when he was alive. He always called his wife Mama, and he told us he missed Mama's cooking. My great-grandpa was still living then. He began giving us messages to pass along to other family members. We jotted them down. Tell Phil good luck with the kids. My stepsister and I had no idea what he was talking about. We later learned from my dad that Phil had adopted two children. Sid Vicious contacts me from beyond. In 1986, the movie Sid and Nancy came out. I was enthralled by the story. I don't recall if I tried to contact Sid Vicious on my Ouija board or if he contacted me. Either way, he said he was in hell and he felt terrible about killing Nancy. He then gave me a phone number and asked me to call his mom. The number, which I had no way of knowing, actually started with the international code for Europe and England. I dialed the number, but it was disconnected. After high school, I took my Ouija board to college and my roommate and I played around with it. Nothing extraordinary happened that I can recall, but she found it fascinating. Around the same time, I had played the Ouija board with my brother and something terrifying happened. The planchette started moving in aggressive circles on the board and moved completely off the board onto the table in my direction before it came to rest. I received a disturbing message that I was going to clean cunts in hell. That's exactly what it said. I don't know what that means, but it did not sound good. I was done. I got rid of that board faster than a hot potato. An urban legend comes true. As a youth, we often find urban legends. One of them was about people who tried to get rid of their Ouija boards by giving them away or even burning them. Apparently, they would mysteriously be found in the house again. Oddly enough, after I got rid of mine, I told my college roommate what I had done. I recently found a letter she wrote to me in 1991. She said, I couldn't believe you sold your Ouija board. Witchcraft is good. So for Christmas, I bought you another one. Today, I no longer own a Ouija board, although I will admit I am still drawn to them. They are marketing them in new and clever ways. You can get a board that glows in the dark now and they even make ones in pink for little girls. I have no idea if they really work, but I can't explain the experiences I had with them. They were extraordinary, to say the least. Even so, I've always been a bit of a skeptic, but I'd rather not take the chance of inviting some bad mojo into my home. I had enough to worry about with paying high utility bills and my mom's failing health. I don't need some demonic entity adding to my problems. So, for those of you out there that own a Ouija board, please, burn it, get rid of it, do not let it into your home. You won't like the consequences if you don't heed my warning.
In high school, a couple of friends, my friend's mom and myself, were talking about a local building being haunted. Soil conditioners that sell dirt, bark, and other landscaping goods, rumored to be the location of a murder years before. My mom worked there, so we decided to break out the board game and give it a shot. I had never used one before, so I was skeptical from the jump. The place is essentially a large warehouse with tall metal racks, think Costco or Home Depot, stacked with bags of dirt, manure, bark, and other things like large ceramic flower pots. The board was glow in the dark, so we kept all the lights off. Once we got going, it started moving around and I was freaking out already. We asked if something was there to let us know, and there was a loud bang that seemed to come from the rafters on the other side of the warehouse. Every question that followed was met with a similar bang from a various location in the warehouse, sometimes close and sometimes far. The last question asked was if it meant us harm, and the thingy already had the no answer, did not move. The question was repeated and immediately followed by the closest noise yet. It seemed right on top of us, so we decided to get the hell out of there. As we were rushing out, we flipped on our flashlights and saw one or two large pots fall from the racks and heard what we would later find to be a 40-pound bag of bark dropping to the ground. There was also a slow and low grinding noise that when my friends returned the next day, was a sledgehammer that had been dragged through the dirt, covered cement floor, standing straight up in the air with drag marks, but no footprints near. I pretty much believe in ghosts now, or at least the afterlife, and slept with the lights on for a week. It wasn't me, but this happened to my cousins. Because they didn't think the Ouija board was creepy enough, one afternoon they took the board to a small abandoned warehouse. They were three teenagers, one friend plus my cousins, Tim and his sister Bianca. They pulled out the Ouija board and started asking questions. I don't know what they asked, but to their surprise, the planchette piece started moving around quite strongly. Being as skeptical as any cliched character in a horror movie, the boys laughed it off and said, Come on, which one of you dumbasses is moving it? Everyone let go of the planchette, and it still kept moving. You think that's the scary part? Oh no. The creepiest and scariest part is what happened after Bianca started asking, Who is it? Who was there? Who's moving this thing? The entire party says they experienced the same thing. A demonic voice emerging out of nowhere and repeating, Bianca. Bianca. Fuck you. They all watched in terror as the planchette flew off the Ouija board by itself. That plus the voice continued to chant, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. That was enough to send two cocky teenage boys and Bianca running. That day they came back telling me this story visibly shaking. They claimed that they've never felt more terrified and that they made sure no one was at the location before playing with the board. I remember Tim's face getting pale as Bianca described the incident. Were they just telling a tall tale to their younger cousin? Who knows? One thing's for sure, they never played with that Ouija board again. Alright dear listeners, these are going to be five terrifying real life Ouija board stories that I'm going to read back to back because they're short. I will name the title as I go. The Tragic Case of Carol Sue L. Baker 
Oklahoma resident Carol Sue L. Baker had no criminal record and no history of mental health problems. But one dark night in February 2001, she killed her son-in-law, Brian Roach. Elkiver claims she had used a Ouija board, which she says sent her a message from the beyond that her daughter's husband was possessed by an evil spirit and must be murdered. After stabbing him to death in his sleep, Elvaker turned on her own blood. She bundled her own daughter and granddaughter into their car in an attempt to kill them all in a crash. Thankfully, no one died, but Elvaker suffered two broken ankles, which didn't stop her from stripping naked and running into the woods. She claimed the evil spirit that was in Brian had possessed her instead. She was later ruled to be insane in what quickly became known as the Oklahoma Ouija board murder. It knows who you are. Gary Gilmore was sentenced to death after he confessed to the murder of two men in Utah in 1977. His excuse was more unique than most. He claimed his mother, Bessie, made contact one night with a demon via a Ouija board which had cursed his entire family with misfortune. Gary's aunt was seriously paralyzed. Another aunt was killed. Bessie's mother-in-law, Faye, held a seance to get to the bottom of the supernatural shenanigans and wound up half crazy. Bessie claimed that later that same night, she woke up with an unworldly thing beside her in bed, at which point Faye entered the room and screamed, it knows who you are. Gary's nightmare started at a young age, and he levels all of his murderous behavior at the family demon. He was executed by firing squad in 1977. Driven to kill daddy. Toying with Ouija boards is not a modern phenomenon. Invented in 1890, Curious players have been attempting to contact the beyond for over 100 years. In 1933, Dorothea Turley and her 15-year-old daughter Maddie took a board for a spin. A spirit dutifully contacted them and told them via the board to kill Dorothea's husband, Ernest. However, it wasn't enough that Ernest had to die. It had to be Maddie that killed her father. Telling her that the board could not be denied, Dorothea ordered her daughter to shoot her father with a shotgun. He died in hospital from his wounds. Maddie was sent to reform school until she was 18, and there are no records of her after that. The Turley case became known as the first ever murder by Ouija board. D-O-L-L all Ouija board stories start with a goof, then quickly become horribly deadly serious. On a Reddit thread asking for scary paranormal encounters, user Jake Nichols recounted how he, his cousin, and their family were using a Ouija board at home. Before they started, they removed a large creepy porcelain doll from the same basement and took it to another room, placing it face down. Then the board listed a string of numbers that Jake's cousin recognized as the social security number, which no one else at the table knew. The spirit was asked to prove itself, and the board spelled the word D-O-L-L. Suitably freaked, Jake and friends rushed next door only to see the doll standing upright in the middle of the room. Naturally, they burned the Ouija board, and hopefully the doll too. The Durham Dog Murder County Durham resident Paul Carroll thought nothing of using a Ouija board on Christmas Eve in 2014, using it to try to contact the dead, and it worked. Carroll says an evil spirit subsequently entered the family dog, Molly, so he drowned it chopped it up, and dumped it in the drain. Carol, who has learning difficulties, was discovered and was eventually arrested, charged and given a suspended sentence. But the story doesn't end there. Just one week after Paul's guilty plea, his wife Margaret and her daughter Katrina used the same Ouija board. This time, the board told them they were going to die. 
The following day, both mother and daughter took an overdose of prescription drugs and set their house on fire. Surviving the blaze, Margaret and Katrina were jailed for four years each for arson, despite the claims the Ouija board made them do it. It all starts with the three rules you have to follow when playing Ouija. Number one, don't play in a graveyard. Number two, don't play alone. Number three, always say goodbye. So one day, my mom came home with a Ouija board. It was from a thrift store, she said, and she thought maybe I would like to use it. I told her she had to come because I couldn't play alone, but she said it was nonsense. So that night, with my mom in the kitchen and me darkening the entire living room, I contacted a spirit. Their name was Carter. I asked him how it felt to die, and he said, cold and dark and lonely. And that's when I noticed how cold the room had actually gotten. My mom was also not there anymore, probably getting laundry upstairs. So I asked Carter if he would harm me if getting the chance. Carter didn't reply. So I pushed the board away from me and went to check on my mom. Why didn't I say goodbye? I was frightened Carter would hurt my mom, so I went upstairs. My mom was about to walk downstairs as I scurried in our little hall. When she went back to the kitchen, I continued the game, but it had moved and it said, Yes. So I put the board away in such a hurry that I forgot to say goodbye again. I never noticed anything weird after that except the whispers I'd sometimes hear. I was an only child, but was less scared if I blamed it on my mom, so I did. Until one afternoon she didn't come home and there were the whispers again. I stopped hearing them, but then weird things started happening, like plates, glasses, forks, knives, spoons, and more falling down the counter, or doors opening by themselves, or the floor creaking while there was no one walking. I tried convincing my mom there were ghosts, but she said the house was too old and I shouldn't believe in such things. We eventually moved out because a door fell out of its frame. All my mom said was, this house is ancient and we need a young, stable house but I knew she was scared too. After all, I've hated Ouija boards, but I sometimes use them when getting curious about the other side. Nowadays, I never forget to say goodbye. When I was a young teen, my best friend and I spent a summer surfing the Ouija board. Mostly, we just asked silly or mundane questions, and mostly we got answers that seemed to fit. There was never a specific spirit or entity associated with our Ouija board explorations, and we never felt threatened in any way. Until the day that all changed. One day, a specific personality started to communicate with us. He was male and very forceful. He would tell us to do things. Harmless things like taking a poster off the wall or something, but still, it was weird. I asked him his name, which he provided. I don't remember it anymore, so I'll just call him Gordon. I asked him where he had lived before becoming a spirit. He gave an address in a nearby small town. I never went to this town, so I had no idea if it was real or not. But I had a map so I could look it up. Sure enough, it was real. I asked my sister to drive me there, I was still too young to drive, just to check it out. My friend was spooked and didn't want to go, so my sister and I go to this address, an ordinary looking house in a wooded cul-de-sac. Nobody was around, so I knocked on the door. No answer. I'm not willing to give up, so I continued knocking on the next-door neighbor's door. A guy finally answers. 
He looks like he's maybe in his 50s or 60s. Too young to be old in the eyes, but older than my parents or the parents of my school friends. I ask him if he knows if a Gordon ever lived in the house next to him. He thinks for a minute, gets a little faraway look in his eye, then says yes. Someone named Gordon did used to live there, but he disappeared about 15 years ago and nobody knew why or what had become of him. He couldn't tell me anything more. Just said he didn't remember anything about Gordon other than that he lived there, and then he didn't. I couldn't wait to get home and tell my boyfriend. I couldn't wait to pull out the Ouija board and find out more. When we did, Gordon came through right away. He was more aggressive than ever, insisting we do this. And that, for all this, gather that. It felt creepy, even though none of it was hurtful or inappropriate. It just felt wrong. I asked why he wanted us to do these things, and he only grew insistent. More edgy, more dangerous feeling. I said, no, we're not going to do it. Why do you want it so badly? He understood that I had drawn a line that I couldn't cross, so he told us that if we done what he asked, then... He could get us to trade places with him, whatever the fuck that meant. And then there was his demonic laugh spelled out over and over again on the board. Damn, poke my eyes out with a stick so I never have to see that again. It freaked us both the hell out, and that was the last time we ever did the Ouija board. In October of 2007, I was invited to conduct a session for a group of people as part of their Halloween festivities in the Spalding area, Lincolnshire. Having conducted a number of sessions for them in the past, I agreed to attend and conduct a session. By their request at 3 a.m., as considered to be the witching hour, I produced a Hellgate board. Please don't ask, I will not tell you. An oak for the event. Again, something I had done before and used to get some really good responses with. The event started off normally with the lights of the candles, sealing of the glass, and a protection ritual. There were six of us, myself included, around the board and eight spectators, including my scriber who was responsible for recording all of the board activity for review at a later time. We had a resident presence, our Fred, come through and spent a bit of time with us, much to the enjoyment of the group, before we said goodbye to him and let him move on. Things then went really quiet for a bit, before we started to get another response. From the outstart, something just did not feel right with this presence. I can't really explain it. There was just this feeling deep inside of me. We had a lot of glass movement, but at the same time, it was very sporadic. It would give us no information and refuse to follow simple instructions, such as returning to the center of the board. Now, initially, there was nothing abnormal here. Jokers and clowns do this all the time before they settle down. However, the force on the glass was slowly getting more forceful the longer we tried to make actual communication with this entity. As we progressed, the entity seemed to be getting more confident with itself, and the glass movement started to become even stronger, and it was spending more time trying to head to my line of limitation, located in front of the Hellgate with the group having to physically stop the glass on more than one occasion. All of this time, though, not a single thing had been said through the board, and at this point, we still had no idea who or what we were dealing with. After a few minutes of this, the glass finally started spelling out things, but at that moment in time, it just appeared to be gibberish to us. It was my scriber that actually realized that we were getting messages through. 
The reason we could not understand what was being said was because everything was being given to us in reverse. Now, this is where I should have stopped the session. Right then, right there. Potentially facing a negative entity and close the board. Instead, I let entry get the better of me and allowed the session to continue. Something I have regretted for many years after the event. We continued to get responses both in reverse and now normal phrases, mostly threatening those on the board. And then we started receiving responses in what we found out after the event through research, Latin. In my whole spirit board career, I had never received anything in Latin during any previous events. I had heard about it happening through my teachings and apparently it was not a good sign, but never expected it. The one phrase we got upon review that I will never forget was Angelus Reprobi, which we translated to Fallen Angel. During all this time, we never received a name for the entity, and the glass got that strong in its movements at one point the six of us on the board were struggling to keep up with it. The session came to a finale, with people now starting to panic a little with the glass making a direct line for Hellgate on the board. We quickly applied all the pressure we could to stop the glass, and I found myself shouting at the entity to return to the center of the board. The glass started moving a lot slower than it had all evening. I remember thinking that maybe it had used most of its energy during the dash on the board and fighting us trying to stop it, and positioned itself at the center, Then, the glass imploded. Now understand this. This thing did not just shatter outwards or crack and come apart. This thing went in on itself. This honestly was the second time in my life that I actually felt true fear. After being taken aback for a few moments and after gathering my thoughts... I conducted an impromptu cleansing ritual and we quickly and appropriately disposed of the board. Myself and three others experienced very disturbing nightmares following the event over the next few nights, and even more eerily, they all were very similar in nature, a very tall dark figure taunting us from the shadows, faceless people being horrifically tortured and the death of loved ones, all very graphic in nature. My marriage with my very loving wife also broke down very quickly after, as well as a run with other bad luck that seemed to follow me for a period of time after. I vowed following this event that I would never have anything to do with spirit boards again and have not touched one since, despite numerous requests over the years from people I have previously met through holding sessions for them. I still have contact with some of the people, and who are still close friends, that were there during that morning and witnessed the events that had unfolded. We recollect the night in conversation occasionally and laugh about it now, but there still exists an uncomfortable feeling of just how lucky we were to get off as lightly as we did. There are things in this world we just cannot comprehend. Using spirit or Ouija boards can open doorways to things that are really not very nice at all. I believe we encountered a very negative energy that morning, even though I had done everything right and according to my teachings. This is why people who have used boards and had negative occurrences tell others to take heed and stay away from them. They are not paranoid nor overreacting. They have seen and experienced. They experienced it for the first time themselves, and they do not want to see others' harm potentially go through a diabolical haunting or some other misadventure. Once, right after my ex had lost his friend in an airplane accident, we took the Ouija board out to use it. She was very present. She was very scared and alone and desperate for communication. 
We stopped using it and immediately I felt this presence in the corner of the room. I closed my eyes to take a deep breath. Suddenly, the pointer started moving rapidly around and going too fast to spell out the words. It was terrifying. I refused to use the Ouija board again. I immediately felt exhausted, completely and utterly drained. I lay down and had a nap. I was asleep for exactly 30 minutes. I woke up, bolted out of my bed. I closed my eyes for a second to adjust myself to where I was, and I saw this spirit or skeletal thing standing in the corner of the room. It suddenly rushed at my face and started screaming at me with a big, gaunt mouth. I opened my eyes and started screaming at my boyfriend to get it off of me. I could feel it, so oppressive and aggressive, trying to get on or in me. I ran from the house screaming and shaking. I don't think I ever used the Ouija board again. One day, it disappeared from my bedroom. It completely vanished. I have never found it, and I have no explanations for what happened to it. When I was around 12 or 14, one girl brought a Ouija board to my friend's birthday slash summer party. I was pretty skeptical, but also really curious about it, as I had never used one before. We took turns asking questions, and I just figured someone else was moving the planchette. The other girls were pretty creeped out, but I wasn't, until it answered a question for me that nobody else knows the answer to. To this day, I can't explain how that answer appeared or any of the other paranormal experiences that happened after we put that board away. I truly believe that we contacted something and it stuck around. There were just generally a lot of small things like footsteps above us when we were on the top floor. The door kept swinging open on its own and the girl who lived there said it never did that on its own before then. The creepiest part was that a bunch of us randomly woke up at around 4 or 5 in the morning, and a few girls saw a black figure walking down on the street outside below the window. Apparently, one of the girls had seen what they thought was the same figure with his face at the window on the second story earlier in the night. When I was little, my mom took out a Ouija board and asked my brother and I if we'd like to play with it. It started out pretty funny. Someone was obviously moving the glass thing, making words like poop and stuff like that. Did I mention we were young enough for that to be hilarious? But then my mom said let's get serious and try to contact someone. Here is where it gets weird. A friend of hers had recently gone missing. He'd been missing for a month or so and nobody knew where he was. When we asked who it was we're talking to, his name was spelled out. Let's just say it was George, since I genuinely don't remember. When we asked George if he was my mom's friend, he said yes. My mom got visibly upset and asked where he was. In a lake was spelled out. It was extremely upsetting and we stopped immediately. Mom tried to be lighthearted about it and since I was young, I believed it was no big deal as well, following her lead. About two weeks later, they found George's body. He'd been hit by some car or train or something on some bridge and his body fell into the nearby lake, though it was more like a very large pond. It was a reasonably remote place, so nobody had found it for a while. And that, dear listeners, brings it close to these true Ouija board stories, part two. 
If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.